Call the meeting order. order. Roll call. Hey, Mayor Westerday. Yes. Frank. Yes. Mulder. Yes. Stankham. Yes. Fulton. Yes. Beckman. Yes. You said you sent out a survey that I'll go to the whole public or it was 
Yes, or we selected had, people. No, we there was 174 responses from the community. We had put it. It was an online survey, and we had said if they wanted paper copies that we could make those available. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I think we did. I think I got one paper copy back. The rest of those were online responses. We had put it on the Region 12 Facebook page. We put it on the Lakeview Facebook page. People shared it on their own personal pages. Um, I'm trying to think. What all newsletter? And, yep, um, in the newsletter. Yeah. So it, it got out to quite a few people. Um, and there was a wide variety of responses in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for all your hard work. Yes. 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 Thank you, you for like taking it easy. Yes. I will be here in 10 years when you do it again. <laughs> you say that now. <laughs> <laughs> Resolution 2211 is approving that comprehensive plan. The motion. So moved. Second. Second. Roll call. <coughs> Beckman. Yes. Muller. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Fultman. Yep. Frank. Yes. Okay, we have to make it official. The location project design of the pickle court. Pickle ball. Pickle ball. Pickle ball. Pickle ball. Yes. So really, uh, a couple, couple of goals maybe uh, for the, for the night. And the first thing is to discuss location and finalize uh, location when we got together before that last city council meeting. Uh, everybody really seemed on board with with the idea of, of having the pickleball court in Speaker Park. So this would be directly south of the basketball court, directly to the east of the splat pad. Now, Sandy has kind of uh, laid that out in a visual in here too, on page 11. And so uh, that that would be basically the, the proposed location. Now the thing to note about that is that it's significantly smaller than what the white flags would have been out there. So if you look at page 12, and Sandy or somebody want to talk through what, what, that, uh, what that design looks like then? Yeah, I think our first um, pickleball court that I made, that great big layout one, it had um, 13 foot um, apron. And they, after talking to the girls and some of the guys, they decided they just needed a four-foot apron, so that's what's made it much smaller. It would sit um, two courts side by side. They would both be running north and south. And so this is considerably smaller scale than what we were looking at. Price-wise, you think it's going to come down also off the hunter? Because I was worried if, if it... Before it's finished, if it exceeded the hundred, well, where the funding was going to come from. Right. Well, I think what the you know, I'm speaking on turn. <laughs> um, I think what they're doing is once we get the um, location taken care of and approved, they have more fundraising to do. They haven't be even begun yeah. to fundraise. Um, I've made all my calls that they've asked me to, and it's just waiting for people to get back to you. Um, Fort Dodge, Iowa fencing was supposed to call me today. I never heard back from them. Um, the Denison Midwest turf and paint the painting people. Today was the day, and I never heard from them. So I made my calls. I'm waiting to hear from them because they want the project cost as well. I get, I got a goofy question. I it's about my drawing. No, I see we got that gate, two gates on the one end, and I don't mm -hmm. play pickleball, and mm -hmm. it's a four foot fence. Does the ball ever go over the fence? Occasionally. Okay, so I'm just asking if Very we need solid. gates somewhere else. 
Now that's their entrance gate just to come in because this is off the street. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so here's, I'm here's just asking. Yes, I'm just asking. Oh, I get what he's saying. Height as the yeah, so what he's saying is, what if the ball goes out on, on this end? How we, you're going to run around and go get it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I'm asking. It, or if we should have extra I, gates over there is all I'm asking. I can see you guys jumping the fence. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're going to get it. I mean, they'll have nice little coverings on top. you got to have these padded little things on the... On top, but great point. I never thought of it. It doesn't go out very often. In fact, at Sac City, you'll notice they have high fences on each end. Nine foot. We would like to not do that because of the aesthetics of the park. Right. right. Um, They're trying to save the view. We'll leave, we'll leave that a little bit of help from the fencing committee or from the fencing companies, but we would like to keep it lower. It's so rare that a ball goes out that we don't but feel the, like it's an issue. And the only reason I was asking, because when I was down in Arizona two weeks ago, you know, they had the big tall fencing around it with the wind block things, and that would block it. So I asked somebody about that, said no. The four foot high fence is great. I just was worried about, shouldn't say worried, <laughs> wondering about having a gate on the other side so you could go out. At, I don't know how often a ball goes out there. I need to learn how to play pickleball so I can figure it out. Actually, we have more problems with a gate being left open or not quite shutting tight and then it, you know, it goes out more there than it does in the other. Or good okay. quality closures. The quality, the closures on the side courts are not the best. Yeah. Yeah, so it, that's the only reason I was asking about the gate stuff. So. Great question. I wouldn't want to walk all the way around. I mean, I, it, there wouldn't be a problem yeah. to having more gates. I don't know what, depending on what the cost is, I guess. And I think if you guys, I wish you have brought that old packet back. That other packet had the nine foot fencing. And I mean, it was thousands of dollars more. And also when we priced everything, fencing was 50% um, up. And when I talked to those guys last week, it has come down. So we greatly think the fencing. The fencing was like, like the court, it was ridiculous. Also on funding, I've written one $50,000 grant to Walmart for um, a $25,000 grant to ARP and a $25,000 grant to Prairie Meadows. And we don't find out for another month or two. So okay. if we get one, we'll be, you know, right. okay. yeah. we need the location. Of we, have, we have one twenty-five now, right? Pardon me? You have one twenty-five thousand. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and twenty-five from the council, twenty-five from LCTV that's got right. 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 Yeah. 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 yeah so, so we have fifty thousand right now. Go ahead, Vicki. I'm sorry. We would just like to nail down the location from the council so we could start fundraising. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to fundraise, and if people ask you questions, you don't have an answer. So we just haven't. We um, Diane can talk about what we plan to do with fundraising. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I introduced nine of uh, the young ones here in the community to pickleball this afternoon upstairs at City Hall. We have future players <laughs> that will use our courts. Um, I think what we're planning to do is uh, a series of raffles, and we're going to um, have donations from community members as well. Um, it seems to me that if ten, ten grand can be raised, boom, just like that, for the digitization of old Lakeview Resort issues, um, I think we'll be able to raise funds for pickleball courts. Um, I think we're planning a presence at the Sip and Sample this summer, and then I think we're going to have a raffle table decorated mm -hmm. at each of the Stone Pier concerts. So that's what we have in mind right now. But it's a little like, it's a little hard to ask for money until we have, you know, something. 
established. Right. We, uh, so we just would like to go for two courts and not one. Right. Yeah. I think they're going to get you. I think it's his. Oh, they will. It's a fast-growing score. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'll make a motion to use the uh, property, don't it? I'll second it. We'll call. Yes. Muller. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Beckman. Yep. Right. Yes. This is the scope of the project you were looking at. Uh, you want to discuss the the scope of the project then too, and and mainly the the uh, just the notion of being able to prepare plans for a project that includes two courts. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I would like to be preparing that this way and proceeding uh, proceeding out to bid on this and with the the hope that construction occurs uh, you know this this summer summer and into the fall would, would be ideal but uh, but we would like to proceed with the project design and and proceed to bid understanding that we haven't raised all the money yet okay any any concerns with proceeding that way no, my only question is in this drawing that we do have, there's a tree that's going to be removed, right? Yeah. Are we going to replant a tree right away? Or do they get that going? We're cutting a lot of trees down without planting trees. Yep. Well, well yeah. 20 of them coming. Is that what we, we ended up with? 20 it's or going to be yeah. probably 20. This, we kind of decided not to do spring delivery on the trees. Um, I think everything is so dry that we feel like we're not going to get very good quality. Um, so I feel like it's going to, it's every fall we get them. Um, so we definitely always need a place to put trees, Does, and we so can yeah, put them yeah, in the yeah, park. Yeah, that's well, a simple. It, I, it, no uh, it likely, but it likely would be fall tree plantings again this year. Yeah, we've had actually pretty good success with fall tree plantings as yes. far as getting getting trees to to survive. Yep. I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and work with the, the committee about a project design and get it get it out to bid. Okay, resolution 2212 is granting uh, the zoning variance to Black Label property. Yeah, you betcha. So this uh, Black Label LLC is Tyson Beckman up on the on the highway. Look at page 15. That uh, the red box shows you the location of where the proposed variance is. Okay. Tyson's new building doesn't show in this aerial photo, but it, it would be in that uh, area to the left. <coughs> and then to the right of the red box is actually the uh, the access for Jacobson's to get back to their new their new property. Okay, so then um, the the request for variance then is that uh, the lot would be 90 feet wide. They would propose to put up an 80 by 60 foot building, the 80 foot frontage, though. So that there basically be uh, five feet on each side, two foot overhang on this, so it ends up being a three foot setback. So uh, the code for commercial areas has a 10 foot side yard setback. And now, for years and years, there was there was no side yard setback in the commercial zone. We established this downtown. Business district commercial zone um, several years ago, and that still does have the have the no setback. When they did that, then they <coughs> the planning and zoning uh, had implemented setbacks though for the other commercial zones. So they the commercial zones off of Main Street. So 
So it is 10 feet on the side, 20 foot in the front or average of the neighbors, and 10 feet in the back. Um, I don't know Dale wanted to have a little discussion about that general topic there too. But uh, the as far as the variance goes, the uh, Board of Adjustment uh, has issued the variance and Council be asked to approve that resolution, or you could remand it back to the board. I make a motion to approve it. Second. Roll call. Okay, Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Waltman. Yep. Thank you. Yes. Motor. Yes. Okay, resolution 2213 is... Can, can we have that oh. little discussion on the, we'll talk about on, the setbacks? On the setbacks. Uh, you want to do it now or are you going to do it later in the under 15? Uh, either way. Yes, either way. Which one do we now? Okay. Since, since we've been discussing it, but yeah. I, I was at that plan and zoning or that variance. Board of Adjustments. Board of Adjustments meeting, Mary, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to talking about it, you know, with the limited space we have in town for buildings like this, and then we have a 10-foot setback where you can have a 4-foot setback in a residential, I think makes no sense whatsoever. And I don't know why, the, I asked Scott why the planning zone changed that. He didn't have an answer for me back then, what the reasoning was behind it. I just don't understand the right reasoning to go to a 10-foot setback in a commercial zone, minus the uptown. And I think that we should maybe ask the planning zoning to relook at that, because I think that's the channel how it has to go for future stuff going on. You'd like to have what is a setback? I don't know why it's going to be 10 foot, but three foot, four foot, zero. We got zero in uptown. Right. In a commercial, it's designated commercial. You know, so that that's the only reason I wanted yeah. to bring it up. Yeah. And nobody gave me an answer why it went to a 10 foot, because it was always zero. And now it all of a sudden went to a 10 foot except for the downtown area. So there will be a number we should send back to the variance board so they know what number we're looking at. Not for. the variance plan. Well, the plan is only Yeah. So I think it's something for us to discuss. And that's why I asked Scott to put it on the agenda to talk about. I don't have the right number. I don't know why it got changed and nobody can tell me that. So, so we will need a motion to send back to there. Um, I guess I'm okay. We'll just go ahead and have the the issue presented back to the Planning and Zoning Commission. And you'll be at that meeting too, I bet, Dale. I'm sure. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at the last one. So. Yep. <coughs> okay, uh, hiring seasonal employees and wages. I've got some questions on that. Um, first of all, campground managers at $20 an hour right now. And on this proposal, it's at 21. Why is that? So, as we discussed last time about uh, making some changes to uh, to wages, I guess to in encourage employee applicants and to encourage folks to accept the position. Um, same thing uh, when we when we were looking at some of the other uh, returning employees. So, Sandy would uh, be proposed to have have an increase, but Eric and Mark. Had, had a little increase then also. I think a raise at least shows that we care. That, and we stuck Sandy in a position last year. She had no idea what she was doing when she got but, there. But in our union negotiations, we did a 3% raise. Right. And that was for all management and other personnel, non-union personnel. So why is this one 5? It doesn't affect the campground. I don't know, just, well, I just thought we should do something to encourage her to stay. Well, well we can... I think we should just look at that when we talk about 
the rest of them, department heads and managers and non-union employees. Can I ask a question? So then is the 3% not been awarded to the non-union, is that what you're saying? Not yet. No, not till the next fiscal year. Right. Usually, usually considered in June. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I, I looked at the past years as far as employees. Back in 2019, we had 10 employees. Um, 2020, we bumped that up to 12. 2021, we had 13, and now we're looking at 15. But they're not going to get... We're not going to be opening more hours. We're just going. It's because what we did is we sourced out the bump outs and the mini golf. So instead of having your regular 11, 12, or 13 come in and work them hours, they won't have to. We're hiring people just specifically, like I'll say, like Beth Nate. She's specifically only going to work on bump outs, rather than sending uh, Steve Radloff or Jennifer Harmon up to do it. So they wouldn't be working those hours. You just want to talk through that a little bit, Sandy, about those positions, everything from the campground attendant who's doing what to concessions and, and mini golf. First, there's a couple people I don't know, so can you just go through the people, who they are, just before I'm making a motion to hire somebody, I'd like to know who they are. Sure. Um, so, um, from the campground sound, those people you know, Ruth, Jennifer Harmon. Um, just back up a second. Amy Hartwood, which I understand. Well, I, just thought I was supposed to start at the attendance. Oh, sorry. So you just said. I can start at the top. That's fine. I know you. Okay. I think everybody knows you. Yep. Amy Hartwig right. is applied for the assistant campground manager. That would be Tammy's daughter. Okay. Ruth. And she lives in Lakeview? Ruth Green? No. Amy, oh. Amy yes. Oh, she Amy. does. Yes. She I'm lives just asking because. No, she's living with us right now. Which is great. I'm not going to take the wrong way, but I remember in a previous council, one of the council members voted to hire somebody, and then he looks and says, who is she? Where is she from? So I want to know who that is before I make a motion to hire. Okay, Ruth? Jennifer Harmon. She's a local. She's from Wall Lake. She's from Wall Lake. Okay. Tony Harmon's. Steve Radloff, Wall Lake. Tucker Freeze, Lakeview. Kylie Hauser, Campground. Jersey Swans, Lakeview, Kaylee Timmerman, Campground, meaning they, their folks live there all summer. Nancy Lampy, she's a long-term at the campground. Denise Bellinger, Denise Langby. I know Denise Lampy. Nancy Lampy's a long-time She's camper. on the camp, she's on the lakefront from Harlan. Harlan. And so what their position has worked out is that Nancy will be there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Denise will do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's still just one person a day. And, and like I told these, these girls, like it's not a ton of hours at all. It's come in, in the spring and the fall will be a little bit more hours, but once we get it all cleaned up and get the plants in, it's come in, blow the mini golf off, um, water the flowers, weed eating, weed, weeding and stuff like that. And that's what we're going to get one of the new blowers for, right? Yes. Yes. And yes, I do have the... It's mostly a lot for more for Beth uptown on the bump outs. Um, you know Beth? Yep. Eric. How many hours are you proposing for Beth on um, the bump outs? 
Okay, so I kind of thought I had an idea, but now I don't. It's going to be less because we have um, the Iowa State Extension, that conversation I had with you guys the last time, and the Master Gardeners. They're going to come in and do a lot of this cleanup, which I thought we were going to be doing a lot of it. So for Beth, it's coming. It's a couple times a week for a few hours. And again, it might be more in the spring, the fall. She's texting me already today. She just wants to get going. I have not had that conversation with her about the Iowa extension into detail. She just wants to get her hands in there, and she probably do it for nothing. She just can't. She loves Main Street. She just wants it to be beautiful. So again, like when you look at our concessions, people, we had them kids coming in at eight o'clock. They now probably don't have to come in until ten thirty. Do they even have to be in there that soon? I mean, we don't have an open beach no more. Mm -hmm. we, right. Um, um, even tender, it's, yeah, it's a discussion, like, I just want to sit down and figure out and look at my thing last year. And they all know, like, the little bit we've talked to them, this isn't a ton of hours. And the reason we did four is because last year, you know, two of them always wanted to go to the same place. And then I didn't have nobody to work. You know, like, they just... So, uh, I'm, I'm just saying with the... With the you say 10.30 and, and... I mean, it could be 11. Somebody in the office, can't they be taking care of and we, that yes. also? Yep, yeah, we I sure mean, can. There, there surely isn't that big of a demand for window service. Not on Mondays and Tuesdays, we never had concession people, hardly, rarely ever. Okay. Um, Wednesday... Not so much even. I mean, I just. But but people, then back then they came. They had to be there though. We had them come in at eight thirty last year because they had to get mini golf ready. So trust me, I'm working on the budget. I've already been told about the budget line. Okay. Because <laughs> we have had that discussion. You know, the wages wages have gone up, <coughs> but we just approved a budget that has a, a wage number in it. You know, she gets to live by that wage number. And. Like this, uh, Jennifer. So there's some efficiencies that have to have to happen. Like this, Jennifer's kind of taken over what Jack did. I foresee that um, Jennifer's probably going to be able to do it from eight to two o'clock. So that will that will be less hours there as well. And then we've also talked about a getting down farther the parks employees, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. A head or a lead park employee. Are we pursuing that at all, or just just as far as, as what's been been done here, Mike? As far as looking at at this season, um, we would look to, to bring back Eric and and Mark, and then Craig Kitchen would be a third uh, third parks employee. Craig is a retiree from Sac City. Sac City. Yeah. It isn't like we had 35 people applying for these jobs either. This is about lucky to get but we haven't we haven't put out there that we need a lead park employee. No. Yeah, I mean when you look at then Eric wants to cut back. So, so you're looking at Craig to take some of some of the pressure off Eric. Right. Oh yeah. And more. Yeah, and that's why. That's the why. The park we, workers is like somebody to help mow and weed eat, and I've tried everything. I've got it on my Facebook. I've got it on the campgrounds Facebook. I got people sharing it. You know, anybody looking for a summer mowing job and weed eating. You know, we, it's Monday through Friday, no holidays. And we've just had no kids respond to that. But we, we are still looking then for this for one parts worker. You see the blank there? Yeah. That would be the uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day Sorry, type of, of summer parks worker, usually a kid. Okay. But with that, though, 
a couple of the concession workers, you have to remind me which ones are, are certainly open to being able to assist with. Tucker Free can just do things that isn't motorized because he's not old yeah, enough, no, but no, he no, can no. go out and do like sticks and stuff like that. Um, Kaylee Timmerman, she is 16 and she's willing to do anything and everything and work every day. Especially in bioretention cells, but Eric and Mark don't work. Yeah. And who's 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 Mike Mulbauer? Okay, Mike Mike Mulbauer is uh, um, mid twenty year old fellow from lives in Vale now. Um, most recently a truck driver, but he's actually been an equipment operator. And uh, yeah, as far as a good qualified employee, he's a good qualified employee. Why well, he wants to come work summer job? He just said, "I'm I'm get willing to come to come work a summer job." You know, and he mentioned get his foot in the door, but I don't know that that it's oh, we go. what comes of that. But but he's uh, I just didn't know. So yeah, and he's uh, like I say, lives down in Vail. He's going to drive up here for a fourteen dollar an hour summer job. With him though, he is also available early, and and we would like to get him on board here sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, I'm okay with all of that. I, with the exception of the campground manager wage, I'd like to see that stay at 20 until we talk about that. And that you might be on the way. Well, I think you ought to give her something. I think to me it's a slap in the face if we're not going to at least increase her somewhat. Well, nobody said we're not increasing the job. Yep. It was discussed with the department head is what he yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. So, uh, so you're making the motion that we hire everybody that's on here at the wage set minus the campground manager. We'll set her wage later. Still hire as a manager, but set her wage later. Oh, I, right? I have a, a question. How many hours does Ruth get? She's probably looking at four or five days a week, like 7.30 to 11.30. And except for maybe on holidays, it might be five or six days a week from 7.30 to 11.30. For, um, I guess for processing to keep things legal, so we always have, a, have Sandy under a resolution that would, I guess, propose then that we change that to $20. And with the... Understanding that it's looked at uh, for adjustment in June with the department. With the department. Could I, am I allowed to say anything? Yes. You know, I understand the budget as well as anybody, and you have to be careful and all this, but I'm here to tell you, she's got a whole bunch of new employees coming on. There's a lot of training involved here. That campground, when you go back and look at those figures from 2014 or whatever you are, what is the revenue from that campground? And that campground is much fuller than it used to be. There's a lot of work done there. I, I just hope you'll consider that. that. Sandy's had to do a lot of juggling. She's had to do a lot of planning. She's had to figure out the bump out. She's had to figure out all these things. You know, roof situation. I mean, all of that was difficult to deal with. I really wish you would consider it. We were opening earlier this year. I got 15. Wait, let me call construction guys probably coming in here soon. I don't think anybody's opposing the raise, Vicki. I'll back this back to your brand up. It's the precedent that you set with a manager or lead person. 
doing one for one, one for the other. Now that if we do this for her, now we've just set the precedence for the rest of the leads, and that's not what we negotiated when we did the union negotiations. So that's where we're coming from. And you can't separate it out as well as you know that. We can't make one for one and one for another. And you know that as well as I do. Well, we have done that. I mean, not you, I'm, you know, or, or not any specific council maybe, but, you know, they gave Scott a little bit of a raise last year. I mean, because when you come to do those non-union negotiations, you kind of can do what you want. Obviously, it always kind of follows the union negotiations. Right. We but, you know, from now okay. until the fiscal year, she's got to have that campground up and running and dealing with new people. And I just think it's acknowledging someone's job performance. Nobody, nobody. That, that, that's acknowledged. And again, um, June is we'll <laughs> talk about in June instead of... The first time we've seen this much of a bump was Saturday when we got our pack. And now it's Monday. And when you see that, you need to talk through stuff. And this is where we're talking through it right here. Um, so. I think except for mine, though, well, I feel that we had already talked about all these wages with everybody else at the last council meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. There. So, I, like Eric, more, all these guys got a dollar. Yep, so Dave made the motion to do all this with the review of the manager, managerial position later, and I'll second it. Roll we'll call. Okay, Lopeman. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Frank. Yes. Mueller. Yes. Thank you. No. Okay, ordinance 522. Floodplain. Floodplain. All right. Just want to talk through this uh, a little bit. So, for decades, really, uh, Lakeview has, has had a floodplain ordinance. We've had a floodplain map. Um, and the last time that the floodplain map was, was ever looked at was, I believe, in the 80s. So over the past 10 years or so, the state has, has had a real comprehensive look at uh, most all of the uh, floodplain areas in the state. And then new, uh, new floodplain maps come out of this. So... I gave you some of the highlights of, of the maps, and then the, the entire maps are, are hanging there just so you can really see what the, what the whole thing really consists of. But um, just I want to go through this. I'm on page 18 and just highlight some of, some of the areas. So anything that looks to be in that lighter blue color, that's a, that would be just a holdover of the of the lake, and those are considered to be floodplain areas. And you'll see them referred to as Zone AE, and that's the the lake uh, is also Zone AE, and that's that elevation. Twelve twenty four point four is the elevation of a hundred year flood at the lake. So. <coughs> And you kind of keep that in mind a little bit because when you get to the permitting thing about people building in the floodplain, you've got to have their lowest floor one foot above that 1224 mark. Okay. Now you look to the, say to the top up there on the highway, there's a floodplain up there. It's called Zone A. Okay. And there is no elevation that goes along with that. Zone A is a 100-year flood, but they have not established what the elevation would be. 
So the, the areas again, Camp Crescent, of course, is, is included in that. Ice House Point is, is included in that a little bit. Okay, when, to look at Ice House Point, and hopefully you can see it on your copy, about the, the things that look a little browner, uh, right adjacent to the, to the blue area, the brown area is the 500-year floodplain, and the blue area is the 100-year floodplain. Okay, just they they have made that distinction now. Is and some of that brown area in the campground then? The north area, I think, yeah, probably is, and you can see that better on the on the bigger maps. But um, the uh, the distinction there for for permitting purposes, it just really doesn't come into play. Um, everything's basically based off the hundred-year floodplain stuff for permitting purposes. So what about the brown area? It looks like maybe, or oh, is that Speaker Park? That's Speaker Park, yep. Okay. Yep, that is. So, yep, you see Ice House Point there. Okay, then look at Denison Beach. There is some area out there of blue in Denison Beach. Now, when you get down to it and you want to know if a property is, in, <coughs> is included in the area, we'd go online and you can zoom in very close and find out down to the nitty-gritty. But you see Denison Beach Park is and then potentially um, would have some impact on maybe neighboring properties. And really that's those are the ones to take a look at on that page. I'm flipping to page 19. Really the, uh, the point of the biggest impact that this would have is Provost Point. So that's upper right hand corner of the picture um, where you can see that uh, virtually all of that Provost Point area is included in the floodplain now. And I tell you that I just recently had conversations with the contractor about wanting to either make some improvements or have new construction basically of the of the cabin at Provost Point. You know, if if that were to come to be and they'd make even make some substantial improvements, they gotta comply with the floodplain ordinance. And uh, we'll go through that. But the, the main part about that is that the the uh, Lowest floor has to be a foot above floodplain, so they would they would set the, the floor of the main house at at least 12.25. So does that go to create an issue with changing the waterfall like with your neighbors if you're right on the edge of that floodplain? Then it it's mentioned in the in that ordinance too about raising the the uh, the flow of of things through a through a floodplain or a flood ditch. So we'll go through these changes. Yep. After we go through the map. Yep. I just want to. Yep, start off by showing you what uh, uh, what in the areas are that are included. And that, that tip of Provost Point has always been in the floodplain. It's just that it was a paper map before and it would just looked like a map and you couldn't necessarily tell which which properties were were included where it's much more definitive now. Also, on Provost, a small part of the north side of Provost is in there too, which I, I find that to be amazing that, that those I thought those were up on a on a little bit of a of a cliff or a ledge there, but there is a, a few properties in the middle of the north side that, that would be included potentially also. Yep. Um, page twenty. Things of note here. Really, the one thing of note is that there's a few properties over there on Lakewood. And as I'm looking at that, you know, I'm thinking Tiefen Tower. Their, their house, you know, that area. It looks to be um, in the floodplain. 
And then another one of the things way off to the right side where it just says Zone A, that's not necessarily flooding from the uh, from the lake. That would be more flooding potentially from the uh, from the river or the overflow from the lake and out the outflow. And then page 21, I think, is the, the last one. Um, so some additional areas there. There are some properties directly south of the outlet. So those first few houses uh, south of the outlet um, would be would be included in floodplain. And then, uh, like the Schrader condo area down there, uh, lower right. Okay. And again, there's there's uh, some tan areas that show on on this uh, this section of the map, and, and the tan areas there are 500 year floods. So the really the reason why we have these these floodplain maps, of course, for informational purposes, but those zones define uh, flood insurance. It defines defines eligibility for flood insurance. And for our residents to be eligible to purchase flood insurance, the city has got to have a compliant uh, ordinance in place. So working with the state, the state just simply asked that we send them our ordinance, and basically they update it. So, um, as you're um, looking at this then, the, the highlights would, would be uh, something new. There's a couple things in there in, in red font. So so the highlights, everything highlighted in yellow is new, or if you're red, blue, and green, I have a hard time to find the difference when it's highlighted in yellow. Which yep. So things that are highlighted in yellow are, are new. new. Okay. Um, things that, there's some red font in there, and that is, it would be us inserting our appropriate local information. And there's blue <coughs> font about alternatives and green font about alternatives. Um, and we can we can take a look at some of that stuff. But uh, so understanding that that things in in yellow are new. If you were to take this and lay it side by side with our existing code, though, it doesn't just jive section by section by section. It's, it's rewritten so that some sections are incorporated into other sections. It wouldn't, it wouldn't just follow and then you'd find the new parts. But it, uh, uh, anything in, in yellow is new. But there's a couple of things even that I wanted to point out. And of course, of course answer questions, but it, I want to point out item number two, which is not even highlighted. That's base flood. Base flood is basically the 100 year flood area so that that and that then becomes a break off about when this uh, this floodplain information comes to bear it's a hundred year flood so number three talks about the base flood elevation and and then defines what the base flood elevation So that item there, number three, base flood elevation, 
that is that the number in the AE district or the Lake District. That's the twelve point four. So, um, when when someone would look to construct in in the floodplain, and it's in the AE district, they know that they gotta get to twelve twenty five. So, in order to do that, though, it certainly requires that they're using a surveyor or an engineer in order to be to establish uh, to to establish elevation. So that's the ones in the blue or the brown? And another thing that's not highlighted, but just to point out about what development means, and then that defines what development is, and of course it includes buildings and stuff, but it's also any other type of, of man-made changes, which can be just altering grade of the ground. Six describes an enclosed area below the lowest floor, okay, and that'd be a basement, and that can be below that elevation. But it's, uh, there are certain things that need to happen to that uh, to that area below the lowest floor. K12 talks about the 500-year flood. Again, just not that it happens once every 500 years. It's just a percentage that they say there is two tenths of a percent chance that that they would have this level of flood. And the flood insurance study has, has been done for the county, and then that the, this information is based on that. Let me know when you when you have any any particular questions. And but number twenty three descri describes what the lowest floor is. It's the lowest floor of the lowest enclosed area in the building, <coughs> including a basement, except when it meets these criteria about which basically allows it to be filled with water and have water flow through it that it's constructed in that time. Okay, maximum damage potential. There's one area that, that refers to this and this is really high value um, and, and high impact properties such as like uh, hospitals and, and that type of stuff. That, that's the one time when the 500 year flood would, would come into play would be locating like a hospital. That it, it wouldn't be permitted there. So, these highlighted things in yellow are recommendations from the state that we need to put in our thing? Yeah. You know, what, so, what if we don't change it? It would not be compliant with, with the state and the... And then they wouldn't really get flood insurance if they don't that zone. True. Yeah. You know, this, the state has a, a nice way of saying this, but at least at least it's nice that uh, basically you're going to comply with what it is that the state wants to, and, and state and federal, because ultimately it's FEMA. But, okay. uh, but so, um, yeah. So the other areas of these all these pages that you give us with the green and the blue, those are some options. Does that mean we can optionally change it to that language, except for the language that's in there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at at 33, and it's discussing what is substantial damage. And substantial damage has always been um, a value equal or exceed 50% of the market value of the structure, and that would be considered to be substantial damage. You do have some options there about um, how it could have uh, substantial damage being on two separate events, um, or if you wanted to have a different type of, uh, of definition there. Uh, 
that one in particular, the substantial damage, that 50% is consistent with our with our zoning code on non-conforming uses. So that one, I would suggest we would say with the original language. I agree. Okay, and then substantial improvement. That's describing uh, the, the types of, of improvement that they would have. So this is re repair or reconstruction, which equals or exceeds 50% of market value. Okay. Uh, uh, either before the start of construction of the improvement or if the structure has been substantially damaged and being restored before the damage. So that's how you would determine whether it's uh, a substantial uh, improvement then. When you get down to it, uh, the, you know, you're not going to be allowed to make any type of substantial improvement or, or new construction without complying with the code. And I guess as we go through this tonight, I guess I'm looking at this council as a uh, as an educational thing, maybe more than anything. I don't know that you're going to be ready to take action on a on a reading of the ordinance or not. You know, it's uh, it's a ends up being a big uh, a big new issue for us. The the note on on the uh, bottom of page 27 ultimately refers to historic. Uh, historic structures, and that you can um, you can remodel historic structures in the floodplain. Okay, and then middle of page 28, you get to the to where they're establishing the statutory authority for being able to do this. So uh, that's laying out the basis for for why we have this code, and C that's highlighted there says the chapter relies upon engineering methodologies. For analyzing flood habit, uh, hazards which are consistent with the standards established by the DNR. Again, um, we we could not have our own standards about what the what the flood hazard would be. Flip to the next page. These are the. Maybe more than anything else, these are the items that have got to be updated into into the city's code, and, and that's the red uh, the red text in that second paragraph. Just to uh, confirm that we have mentioned the the proper map panels, and uh, that's the the legal side of this to know that it, it's updated to these uh, updated maps. Okay. Then number two talks about interpret interpreting the uh, the flood hazards. You know, as we get down to the bottom, we'll see the the administrator the, the administrator of this ordinance is proposed to be the mayor. Um, but but then, uh, if they would have interpretation or or disagreement with the interpretation from the uh, from the flood administrator, that it would uh, go to planning and zoning commission. Okay, again, the bottom of the page says mayor. Uh, Practically speaking, I hope the mayor doesn't have to be the one to uh, to administer this, but you could uh, delegate to whom you would would have administer it. You know where that's going? Yeah, because then it's uh, it lays out the duties of, of the administrator one through eleven, and you see that there's new one nine, ten, and eleven are new. Okay, about maintaining the the flood maps. Yeah. 
Number 10, perform site inspections to ensure compliance with the standards of this ordinance. And that, uh, that then is saying, of course, that it, it needs some field work. And by the time uh, to be really able to, to answer questions about elevation stuff, it takes some professional work to do that. Which um, your citizens, you know, they certainly may not like that it has some additional cost associated with it in order to do that. But it's only in them certain areas, right? It's just the floodplain. Yeah, it's just a handful of houses in the in the city. Okay, and forwarding requests for variance to the PNC. Uh, so it does have a, a process for requesting requesting variances. So we can allow them to have. Well, would that go to the PNC or would that go to your board of adjustments? It's it ends up going to the planning and zoning, or you, it's it's. Red, you could change it to be what, what we would want it to be. It would most likely be the planning and zoning or the city council. Um, the board of adjustment hears things pertaining to the zoning code, and this would be outside of the zoning code. So, a hypothetical where Lyle Tangle's built his new home looks like it's in this floodplain okay. from the map. I'm just using that as a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. If he was building new and he needed a variance, he would come to the planning and zoning to get the variance to build how he wants to? He would have, yeah, would have, he would lay out some rationale for, for why he would be able to uh, to build or or he's taken certain steps to floodproof the house, you know, or, or other things like that. So there's, there could certainly be reasons why you would grant a variance. Or he doesn't have to have flood. I don't know if that's true, Dale. I don't. I don't. My understanding is that you just can't build in the floodplain. You you need to be compliant with this. Okay. I'm just asking for that. Have you ever thought about that, there, Dale? Well, there's two. Yeah, there's two aspects of that. But uh, one is if it's financing it, the bank is not going to loan money to build into the flood zone right. uh, without insurance. And second one is uh, PNC can't. Grant a variance against the law or the code. So, if it directly says thou shalt not, uh, it wouldn't matter exactly what he came up with. They wouldn't have the authority if it was challenged okay. to permit it. So, it wouldn't matter who was planning to go or who it was. This is pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lawyers write that. There's it's on the feds. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you get to the meat of the deal. It's on the on the bottom of page thirty-one, and that's saying that you, you got to meet those floodplains plain standards. All developments got to meet the floodplain standards. And okay, and it talked about that base flood elevation again. That's established for the AE ones in in the lake. That's established, but if this was a zone A, that's uh, that is not established, and actually we would work with the DNR in order to be able to establish what that is for a hundred year flood. Are either one of them potential developments in this floodplain? Um, no, I shouldn't think so. I'm looking on the map, just to clarify on the map. Yankees is not, and uh, Lions is not. 
uh, a floodplain, that zone A floodplain, uh, closely abuts up to up to where Bobby Carroll was. Yeah. But then he would have filled those south lots, so that it certainly. Uh, right. So I, you have a better picture of this one, the Hanky Burlington deal, or potential yeah. Hanky one. Yeah. Where's that picture is? Oh, I use 20, like 21. Page 21, sure. Substantially improved residential structures shall have the lowest floor, including basement, elevated to a minimum of one foot above the base, base flood elevation. That is the that is the that is the biggest part of this ordinance. And again, that's nothing to do with it. We just have some newer maps that that the better define what this might this might be. Again, it's only talk about that blue and brown area. Right? Blue. Only the blue. Only the blue. Not blue. It, the brown does not, uh, no effect on the brown. Okay. Okay, C talks about non residential structures. Uh, again, this would even be like a garage. That, that uh, you wouldn't be able to just put up a garage there without it being uh, one foot above the floor. Thirty-three, page thirty-three gets to some unique things, and this is the deal about uh, if you're subject to flooding, you have to have openings in your foundation that allow water to flow through your foundation. So this this lays that stuff out there. They have that in Florida, where our house is no. in Florida. Good thing too, because it helped during the hurricane. <laughs> I think this is overkill for Lake View, but I guess we got to. Or by the same rules. Yeah. And there's there's a couple of options there. Again, you know, I don't know that we need to have anything that really deviates from what the standard. And a couple of of new things there, items three and four, at the middle bottom of the page, especially number three, new and substantially improved structures. <coughs> Uh, shall be constructed with the electric meter, electric service panel box, hot water heater, heating, air conditioning, all that good stuff, elevated at least one foot above base flood elevation. So that has the really the net effect that you couldn't you couldn't have any of that stuff in your in your basement, even if you built it from plant basement. Um, that'll 
and a compliant basement would something that would be allowed to flood and and, and get uh, water out. But, uh, uh, anyway, now you have to make sure that all of all of your uh, mechanical work is is above floodplain. Special stuff on factory built homes. <coughs> And it gets just a little confusing here. I'm at the bottom of page 34, where we're at accessory structures. Accessory structures to residential uses, so a detached garage is uh, allowed, is exempt from the uh, from the base flood elevation when these things uh, occur. That's on the next page, and it has a size limitation of 600 square feet. So any any large garage would, would uh, still need to comply with the. Uh, with the floodplain ordinance. Keep going, I won't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> bottom, bottom of page 35, that is the one time that your <coughs> floodplain is mentioned, and that has to do with, again, these vital facilities like hospitals, or uh, uh, mentions fuel storage, and this type of stuff. Thirty-six, we can bypass, and thirty-seven gets into then what the variance procedures would be. We're proposing that that would go to the planning zone. Yeah. And there you go. What's your What's your thought on a floodplain ordinance? Can you review that again? I'll sleep so much better than that. <laughs> we have one of these in place. We have. Yeah. Very simple, you know. But it hasn't been updated for 30 years. 40 years, yeah. The meat of it's the same. You know, that, that build a foot above the above the floodplain, that's the same. We were just not required to update it any sooner than that. True. It it has to do with this with this map update. Okay. So, um, you know, I guess I, I would ask that at some point the, the council would would go ahead and consider this. Now, there's some those optional language things and uh, um, and the red and, and the green texts. How would you like to approach that? I mean, would, would, it, would it be okay if I would just go through and and uh, basically uh, probably eliminate the options? I, I was. Okay with uh, with not not considering any of the optional text unless you wanted to. Uh, you want to have further discussion about that stuff. Right. Suggestions from Fema. Suggestion. That's a nice People way. People happy. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell them that work. Yeah. Progress. All right. Would you like to to see an updated ordinance next time, or are you okay with voting on a first reading, or what's your thoughts? I'd be okay making a motion we approve 522 without the options. I'll second that. Roll call. <coughs> Okay, Wilton. Yes. Frank. Yes. Muller. Yes. Thank you. 
Yes. Beckman. Yep. So, my Great, thank you. Recreation wants to allow rental of golf carts. Want to say anything? I don't know. Does <laughs> you have anything to say back about it? <laughs> the answer is mostly don't know how many or anything. Want to get a few golf carts. Everybody asks for golf carts and electric bicycles. What they want. I'd like to give it to them. We'll pay our fees like every other golf cart does. And with electric bicycles, I guess you guys are going to have to tell me what the law is or what you want to know about that or what I need to know. I think there's already a lot of electric bikes in there. Yeah, doing that uh, on the bicycle end of things. We had uh, amended the lease agreement then last year to to allow for bicycles. Yeah, I don't and know if this is the right one because that one I don't think says bikes. Yeah, this says it's not bikes. We don't have a bike in it. The one we had last year just had it written in. Oh, sorry. Um, How are we allowing motorized bicycles on the path? It's stated on all entries that's no motorized vehicles. They'd have to go out and enforce it. I'm not sure they do that. Well, because they didn't, when they put that sign up there, they didn't even have electric bikes. I, yeah, I know. That, that's what I want. I don't want to buy these. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's got electric bikes. Yeah. I'm not well, going to be able to that they should at least change the signage. They should. I just it, like it seems to me, Mike, and I couldn't just swear to this, but there have been some state law changes that, that allow for these uh, e-assist bikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to go buy them all, then you guys tell me I can't do that anymore. They're already out there. I don't know what we could do. Yeah, the bikes, yeah. I'm comfortable with the bikes. And there's a golf cart that I just kind of have a... It'll be like anybody else driving their golf cart. There'll be our insurance. It'll be licensed. There'll be two-year... I guess it'd be like you and another. I'm even renting it out. They're going to be driving it around. Up to your code. They just can't drive what we can't drive. Whatever your law is, they can't do, exactly. Just like anything on the lake, once they leave us, the DNR sits there and writes them tickets if they're doing something wrong. Life jacket ain't on at the end of our dock, they write them a ticket right there. Ain't our problem, it's their issue. Um, golf carts, I'm a little concerned about that. A couple of things. First of all, is that, you know, we'll be parking them down in a busy area. What happens if they break down somewhere? You know, other than everything else you guys got is right there, right by the lake. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, the bike breaks down. That's one thing where we got a golf cart sitting somewhere. I know we had a discussion with Dave. Dave had said that the, the city would not be liable for any kind of uh, uh, if something went wrong. You know, that they, you'd have the insurance, whatever. Me myself, if if I'm if I would have a problem or an issue, and I felt it was your fault, you know, I'd go after you. I'd also still go after the city just to get them involved with it. And my problem with that is that we might not have the right, we're not supposedly getting involved, but if something would happen, we'd have to prove to them that we weren't involved. And that would take a lawyer, somebody sharper than... Is that an issue with me? Rain it out from the ground I'm leasing from you? Is that how it's going to come back to you? Because I can lease it from my mom's house or if that's a blockage because then it shouldn't be anything to do with the city. I mean, the only reason it's come back to the city is because of, I'm uh, renting it from the lease. contract that's going to be able to trace back to the third city of Long Beach. Yeah, this, this is what I was telling Sandy this, this afternoon too. You know, to me this 
the issue for me personally, it's not necessarily even an issue about golf carts or whatnot. It's a lease issue, and and that's why it comes to the city council is it would be a, a a legal issue on on mending the lease. So uh, that's yeah, it's a little, it's, yeah. yeah. There really ain't in here either. It just says no motorized boats and I got any. And again, he, he mentioned you know, if one would break down, you know, you'd be leaving your position at the city to go rescue oh. a broken down in. golf cart or the people that were driving the golf cart, get them a ride back to their... If that became an issue, I guess we'd have a problem with it. And if it didn't be resolved the first time, we could ax it. But I'd really like the opportunity to fulfill what everybody wants. I guess that's all I'm asking. Before people, I do it, they tell me not. People have asked for this service. Yes. People don't want people don't want to pedal a bike. <laughs> the bikes are the least Dude, rented thing. We've got six new truck bikes and none of them have people thirty miles. Don't want to pedal them. a pedal boat. People don't we're doing our best with what they we want got. everything motorized, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. I just, anything can break down. I mean yeah, a bike can break down. Yeah. If you get a flat tire, I didn't leave my job on. to go go pick up every bike. I never picked up one single bike that had any problems with it. Not that the bikes had any problems, the Siri bike. I didn't leave my job to go take care of all the Siri bike issues, but there were issues. People got tired of pedaling. Mm, and then yep, want to be pulled back. And they're like, yeah, give it, send somebody to give us a ride. I've seen some of those go by the house. They were struggling. <laughs> That's fun. How you can pedal around the lake. I guess I'm trying just to maximize the opportunity of having what we have before I mean, keep doing or doing it, I can do it forever, because if you can't grow, there's no point in it yet. So. Would be another amenity that people would come to the lake and run around the lake. I mean, I'm not putting a number on how many golf carts we have or nothing like that. Try could be more, could be less. Maybe you could start with one or two. Yeah, so we're going to I mean, start. That's I don't want to put a number on anything with you guys, because then it's going to come back to... You said two. The problem with that, the problem with that, though, I'm going to tell you right now, you've got a limited amount of space down there now. You start with two golf carts, they rent it out. Now you get two more, they rent it out. Now you get two more, they rent it out. Now the city has just granted you more space. We don't get the space we have. Just so you know, I have this whole space. You already got more space than what you really should have for the fee that you're paying. And so, that could be, but that we I, never set them out. But I just I, want you to know we I don't. Know that. And but we put a humongous um, public bike thing there where other kids and people can come park. I'm just saying, one thing but leads to the point. next. One thing leads to the next. If that's my, and I've heard it, and I'm just that's my two cents worth. How's that? And I guess if the area is going to be an issue too, then I like my area blocked off, so no one parks in it every day. I mean. No. I know. <laughs> exactly. You can't do that. So I'm just trying to maximize the opportunity. I mean, I've never heard any complaints about it down there other than they thought it was great because their family came to visit and yeah. they got a bike. People so, park right beside our building all the time. We never have had a problem. We don't say nothing to them. We just work around their vehicles that are parked all around our vehicles or our building. Well, what you're doing is what we talked about as a council. Four or five years ago, we decided we couldn't do it. Right? I think you guys do it. And then you sold the stuff. Is that right? What's that? You sold the stuff. 
No, the rent lights, kayaks, all that. And you sold it then, right? Sold what? The stuff that you bought to rent out? Oh, probably. What do you mean probably? You know you sold the stuff. For what? The city council bought kayaks and canoes to rent out at the campground, right. and then they sold it. Yep. On Facebook. Well, now, now you're saying yes. Yep. Yeah, okay. We some, okay. Yeah. We just just want to get it clear. Yeah. Just like the paddle boats. Just get, get it clear. All the time. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Wasn't advertised? Wasn't publicly advertised? Well, I would say that the city staff at that time did not want to put up with that. They were tiny little kayaks, if you'd call them a kayak. So I mean, it, should it, been, it should have been handled the right way. There, I think what the council agreed on was that there was not staff to... council to, never agreed to sell. Not one time at a council meeting did you guys agree to sell. I think we should get back to my golf cart. No, it's nothing, about, nothing to do with that. It's not the subject, so... If you need our day to think about it, I'd like an answer as soon as possible. I'm not, I don't want to start a commotion about it either, but I want to grow, I guess. We don't want to put more research into it because we were already with our insurance and then got to talk to them, which we're pretty much done with the, um, we lease the golf carts. We're not rent buying them the first year. We don't know how this will work. So we have a lease agreement with. This is technically the second year. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. and I understand the the desire to grow a business. Believe me, I do. We learned a lot the first year. But sometimes you can grow too fast too. Is there such a rush to do it this second year? Yeah. Yeah, we're selling stuff that didn't go last year and replacing it with other stuff. So you're changing we're your inventory to try to accommodate the needs of yeah, our customers. Yeah, people what they want. We didn't. Right. We came in here knowing nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. I thought people would run a bicycle every single day. So we bought six brand wrong. new trucks. What's up to the council? What they want to do? I just have a question. Are these electric carts or gas carts? And yes. They're going to be gas. Okay, and then where do you fill them up and that type of thing? I'll drive it there to Sparky's and fill it up to one time a week. They'll still go. They'll drive. I mean, when the person gets on it, it's your law. It ain't nothing to do with any of us. Once they get on it, they're doing something wrong, pull them over, write a ticket. They're, it's, I'll license it with the city. But our, we're doing 18 or older versus the city 16 and older for our charge. I like that idea. Yeah, that would definitely be 18. And they ha there's a whole separate waiver just about the golf cart. Not like our other stuff's just jumbled into one waiver. I'm not even halfway to anything liabilities. I got enough going on in life. I don't need to lose something for somewhere around the golf cart. So, I mean, do you have a certain number of these in mind that you want to get? I'll start with two. I don't like using numbers, but two. I don't know. I, I, I personally just have a problem with golf carts and the amount of room they take up and um, that's such a congested area down there anyway. I guess that's my thought. That's why we're getting rid of stuff to, to get rid of that space in that area. Like the it bike, I've got it sold. And it, it would sit there on a full trailer.
doesn't sound like they want to change. So no? Like I'm getting that from the council. I'm not getting a motion to it. Let it happen. I guess so, the answer would be no. Okay. Can I get some rock? We can find rock. Once the mud goes away, you shine it up down there a little bit. Yeah, because we use it for parking, we'd have to put rock. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, thank you. Yep. Okay, we need to consider a trailer for the parks. Yeah. Let Dean talk about this, maybe. The two that you looked at? Yeah, I called up to um, uh, Storm Lake where we got our one trailer that our uh, mini excavator sits on. Got a price uh, from them for a Luma trailer. <clears throat> um, we have the price in front of me there. Um, and then I called down to Olson uh, Power Sports in Carroll. They have one same size, uh, but it's an H and H trailer. Um, you know, and it's twenty eight dollars cheaper. Talking with a few people, everybody would rather would recommend an Aluma trailer than an H and H trailer. Um, both places said that they have them on hand, but that was, you know, three weeks, a month ago or so when I got the prices. Um, you just have to call up there and see either, down either place, see if they have them, you know. And 78 by 12, 78 is wide enough for any mower we have, correct? Mm-hmm. Because the other one's 82 inches. <clears throat> But the aluminum will be easier for them guys to handle. To handle, to pick up and move around. And it won't look when they're for a couple empty, years. but I'll, not for. I'll, I'll make a motion we move forward with buying an aluminum trailer out of Storm Lake truck and trailer. Second. I'll second it. Roll call. Um, can I make a. Yep. Uh, with the trailer sitting around, um, will it be inside? And things have a habit of walking off. We can, or, we can change you know, it. padlock it. Yeah, I, have to I mean, buy a decent padlock that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want that part of the purchase. Yep. Yep. We want it to be there the next day. We can have those guys lock here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure Eric would like to chain it too. He likes to use it. Well, I just want to make sure they do use it. Okay, city administrator report. Well, let's take note on this. Oh, roll call. Okay. Okay, Beckman? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Motor? Yes. Frank? Yes. Waltman? Yep. Yep, so we had discussed commercial setbacks. I do have a few other things for you. And this one is uh, related to campground about making those improvements to that campground bathroom that we, we had talked about, the, uh, the leaking showers and whatnot. And, and um, we had Greg Smith uh, from Black Squirrel give us his price on that. To add that outside wash-off station, what would you call that, Sandy? Rinse, Just, rinse station. It's a rinse sta station where folks can come outside and uh, come over to the to the east side of the bathhouse and be able to access just a wash station. They're washing off, they're largely washing off their feet. There's for, two uh, buttons, one up here mm -hmm. for your feet or one and you have to hold the button in for the water to come out. Mm -hmm. So anyway, to, to add those uh, onto the repairs to the shower, 
cost has gone up on that quite a little bit. Total project on that now would look to be about four thousand dollars. He was going to do that for two thousand, wasn't he? What's that? He was going to do that for two thousand. It was two thousand twenty five hundred. Now we've added we've added this outside wash to it, but uh, uh, but the cost has gone up a little bit too. So now they wash your feet feet in the drinking fountain, right? No, they wash them off in the sinks inside the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, you you and then have one on the all the sand in the showers comes there. down and it yeah. floods yeah. the shower right. house. You should really have one on the outside. Though. Years ago, we used to have one over on the off the building, Mike? Used to be a standalone one over there. Off that old. Where's the plumbing the at the back? Where the, yeah, over across. Uh, yep. Okay. But I think we should get it done and do it right. Me too. Right. Plan on getting that done? Yeah, because the parts are right now 30 to 45 days out. If we can get them. Then looking at. This thing that was, that was at your seat tonight, the Camp Crescent map. This is a is a little packet about Camp Crescent Electric. So you want to talk about that, Jeff? Do they send one over there for you? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Um, talking with Jared from DGR, they did this study. Not really pushing anything as far as upgrading wire size says we're sitting in pretty good shape there only thing he added was in this I don't know yeah Scott gave you this whole packet in this packet it says um, nine sites on four out is really typically what he wants to see we have a couple spots that may have more than that on four out but other than the rest that we've looked at, it's separated out pretty well that way. His biggest concern was transformer upgrade. He'd like to see us upgrade transformers. He's got a couple spots in there where he may like to see hunters KVAs put in. We typically have two on hand. He proposed either a 75 or a 100, and after talking with him, he said that his projection was just down the road more, you know, growth-wise or whatever to, to go. They, they always, always look at it on the high side. But talking with him, 75s across the board and take out the 50s is what he recommended when I talked with him last Thursday. Okay, well, and we have them on hand. And... The, the 50 KVAs that uh, are currently in there, we can put back out into our stock and put them into our development areas. And would that help with that when we had the transformer issues? With the that? overloading, what, on the on Transformer 5, Dale, in there. Is that in 1RR? That um, 122, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So transformer five and six. Transformer five was the one that we had lost twice last year. Well, his study went off of July and August um, loads. Well, I split that load up after the second one went in late July, and we didn't have the overheating issue so much with it, but by <coughs> Putting the 75 in there, the top end was seven, I think he showed 76 point something KVA. 
you can overload a transformer 150 percent. Well, we were at 76 kVA on a 50 back there last year. So he doesn't see that we'll have any issue with putting a 75 in there because you're at your 100% but not your 150%. Perfect. So I'm looking at changing so that, out. That could help with that issue down the road as well. Then. Right. Hmm. And I'm looking at changing out five of them. So the Transformer 7 is a 37 and a half on the lakefront because we're going to up them to 50 amp boxes. Right. He wants to push that to a, a 75. Which would make sense. And then 5 and 6 will go to 75 kVAs. They're currently 50s. Section B, which is Transformer 4, is a 50. He wants, he'd like to see that go to a 75. I have it on hand. I see no reason not to change it out while we're doing it. Right. And then Transformer 1 is where the cabin, cabins 2 and 3 are on that one. He'd like to see us put a 75 there, and that is currently a 50. That frees up four 50s to put back in our stock to use elsewhere. Okay, so 2 and 3 is currently a 50. We're putting a, four, a 75 there as well? No, 2 and 3, we're, our load is way down on that. He has no issue with changing that out. Same with 8, I, I might have been a little eight and 9. Somebody circling down there. I did that. Same with 8 and 9. There wasn't a huge load issue there. Okay. Perfect. Sounds like planning. I think we need to move forward with that. Yeah, and then you're working on getting them 50 amp boxes put together for the lake front as well. As soon as I get, we the frost is out now. We're going to get out by Jerry Cruises and we pothole the day out there. We're going to do some more locating on that and try to pinpoint this problem and get this dug up and call another locate in tomorrow. I want to get that problem cured as soon as I can, and then I'm going to the campground. Okay, that was one of my questions. So that East Shore Drive one, like by next council meeting, we should have something. I hope I've got it fixed. By right, that's right. Yep. If it's only hitting one spot, that's not a big issue. I was worried about being hit in other spots. Okay. I got it. Can we... Can we so we're good with the campground stuff, right? Yep. The electrical? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask another couple questions? Sure. Since we're on the... So Sandy Asker had that request way back in January, mm -hmm. February. Have we done anything, looking at anything of that yet? Was <coughs> trying to do a loop feed? Yeah. I talked with the engineer on it. Yeah. So we we, we did, we met with, with Jared, the engineer, here that, that one. I mean, she and was gracious enough to come to me and ask for that, so I want to make sure we follow through and see what our options, if any, are. Yeah. Does that make sense? That, yeah. Two. And he, yeah, he was taking a look at, at that. I don't know that anything's been done with it. Never really. And then it's never really come back up in conversation with him either, but I could surely call him and ask what he <coughs> I would appreciate that, so sometime we don't have Randy and Sandy in here. It's supposed to be raining tomorrow. It'll be a good day for me to call him. All right. This one, the this uh, this picture was was just the proposed curb and gutter project that we bid last fall for Crescent Park Drive. We bid it last fall, did not get any uh, uh, did not get any bids on. It. So my question to the council is whether you would like to try to rebid that here this spring, or what's your thoughts on it? 
Well, I'll tell you my thoughts. And I live there and I drive by it every day. That curb and gutter on whatever side you're going to call that, where the red and black line are. What direction you want to call it, east? Yeah. It's going to be a waste of money. And as you noticed, when snow was piled up by Kyle and Alley's driveway, when it melted, it already started going across the road until it gets down there. So it's not even going to get into that curb and gutter. Talked to Dean a little bit today about it because he was down at the corner there playing. And he asked, well, what about, you know, if there's a drop off where the, from the road, you know, like where the curb would be. I said, there's already a drop off there with the, with the dirt and it still just goes right that way. If we're going to do anything with the curb and gutter, it's going to have to be on the other side. And for whatever reason, that homeowner didn't want that, so. I, I agree. There needs to be intakes put on that lake side of the street. There, there was years ago, and I explained that that day when we met out there, when the old council met out there last fall. Um, there was two intakes I know of down toward that end. And um, so towards the north? The north part of it? Toward northwest. Northwest. Toward where the guy re remodeled his home, the Peters. Because yep. um, oh, yeah. I lived in that home years ago, and it had issues way back then of water running through there. In fact, the old garage that sat there, there's a cast iron pipe that ran in front of the garage and dumped on the campground side. And then in the garage, it, it was always full of water. And there was a hole bored into the foundation of that to get rid of the water oh, really? of the overflow. So the intakes didn't do their job back then either. But were they big enough? Were they engineered right? I don't know. But putting the curb and gutter on the opposite side of the road isn't going to fix it because the water's coming across. It's it's on the lake side of that street, way back past. Well, it starts just this side of Dales and Snyder's, and you break the crest of that hill. And mm. um, just that, and we can bid this or not bid this, that's fine. Just that as we look at, at what do we want to do to try to manage that water, it's still my understanding then that we would try to manage that water to do whatever we can to get it to go to the north and end up over there at the, at, at the uh, museum. Well, wasn't part of that the conversation to get the camp, the water from the campground out of the campground to go to the north yes. to the museum? Yep. Isn't that what we had Maurer come in and, and Biddy or whoever we did? <coughs> well, you know, I think we need to keep pursuing that in same yeah, way with where the all ties in there. Same way with that new intake. That's where's that campground going? Down by. Lot 91 or A1 and A2, no, excuse me, A8, A7, 132, that's where that intake now goes towards the lake. I don't know if we can get that to go that way as well, because that, that's not going to drain once that, hopefully our lake gets back to a full level, because it's not going to drain once that's at a full level. And really that's part of the purpose for having the entire campground shot, Correct. so that engineers there take care of that. Yeah. So, so we don't know when will we have them studies back? <coughs> well, I, I don't have an answer. They're in town again today. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and just so the rest of the council knows, they were in town today, and I walked down there. They're out in they're right to the water's edge, making marks today and taking elevations because they're going to mark at water's edge on this date. Well, our lake's down almost what a foot mm -hmm. at least, you know. So let's just say a foot for conversation. The water's going to be so much further up, and then when we get to, when we get this study, we want to keep in mind water's edge was at a different spot than where water edge normally is because it goes down a foot there. And I went down to talk visit with them. They said that's the only way they have to do it is to go by water's edge, not where it usually is. Because we don't want to use that, and I was explaining to Scott, we don't want to use that far elevation as a how low it is there to try and make it go one way or the other. Can you get, can they uh, give us a variance of, you know, shoot it from this spot? What do do so what they were doing is they'd start at that water's edge okay. and they'd walk all the way down like from the edge of the campground to like where the tree is. And then they'd walk up about five foot and they'd walk all the way back and take elevations all the way along there and go five more feet up. They're like a building a grid. Mm. Oh, okay. So we should have that, but we don't want, when we get that grid, when they say water's edge, we don't want to make sure we're not out in the middle of a 10 foot from shore, 12 foot from shore, where we're thinking that's still part of the campground where it's up that however far it is down there. If you drive down there, you'll, you know, you'll see what I mean, right? So my, I just want to make sure we, when we get that study that we're not thinking that's the edge of the campground. Okay. Um, just a couple other things. You got contacted by the after prompt committee today about whether whether the city could could make a hundred dollar contribution to after prom. And I said that I'd talk with you about it, but as I think about that more, that's one of those types of contributions that we, we can't uh, yeah. likely be making anymore. So I will relay that, that we're not able to do that. And my last issue, I think, deals with the with the community center and the purchase of that land. And, and everything came together then, Dave, and we're ready to close on that now, and it may occur as early as tomorrow. Correct. So then do we need to, at the next council meeting, figure out what we're doing with that ground until... Yeah, it, as far as managing the right. alfalfa or whatever. Right, because yeah. somebody was currently renting that today. Yes. Yeah, so yeah and I have not done anything with that, I'll tell you. Dale, since yeah. As far as working with uh, the current owner, because um, they'll still have part of it up on the highway that, that the current owner would have their arrangement with the... Uh, the person who has the alfalfa, and we work with them on that. Northwest Iowa League is this Thursday in Aurelia. John's going to go there for me because I will will not be around. I'll be on vacation, taking off vacation. I'll be gone Wednesday to Wednesday. Um. Sorry to keep it a little longer. And we may do signage down at the brush at the city dump yet for where the leaves are supposed to go. We've got one built and got it ready to go as soon as we I talked to uh, Dan Schrader. Schroeder. 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 Something. Um, and uh, he's going to move the concrete that we want out of the way with his little track unit. Um, get it up out of the way. He's going to take down a couple trees down the bottom. So, and he's going to go through there and make the road down there to where we can turn around, or fire department can turn around with a quick attack. Um, 
we've got that sign for the leaves and the grass clippings uh, and stuff already done. It's down the shop, just waiting for it to go put it in the spot. Gonna make one for, that'll just say ashes for them to put there. Plus, there's been other people that have been taking ashes out there and putting it right by the burn pile. Um, I don't want to get that away from there. Even though they might be cold and stuff, somebody might just bring a hot one at some point. They got a designated spot for it. Good. I, I know you guys talked about this earlier, but I was out there yesterday and you can't hardly even drive. I mean, it's worse than it ever was. We've been year. spreading dirt out there right now to, uh, to kind of help with that a little bit. And then to go out to where the leaves and grass clippings are going to go, we've got all that asphalt sitting at the shop. We're going to spread that and kind of make it a little bit more firm. Make, a, ro make a road to that Make a road spot. out there to where that is. And put a little bit of kind of around the where the burn stuff is going to be to help with mud and you know grabability. Because if we don't have it smooth for them to get back there, they're not going to dump it back Correct. there. We're just going to be pushing it back there. Um, and then, did we ever purchase the hydrant tester? Uh, I called that guy again. Um, he uh, he's working on it still. Um, talked to Jimmy. Jimmy told me I need to stay on him hard. And then have we done any investigating on our city dock in the Bay Area? We're looking for some more of them white plastic things to screw up the rubber bumper they've had and mm -hmm. stuck that back on there. Not, didn't replace any boards or we, nothing? We have no. not done any maintenance on it. But that, they did put some boards on it here about a year or two ago, didn't they? I think they did some yeah, last year. Last but, year. But yeah. they sure didn't wear very well. So. well it, it looks like. I didn't think it looked quite that bad. They can see the non-stick on there would help. Anything I think would help. Well, that, look at uh, those white plastic things on the. You know, we put that traction tape on it and, and stuff, and that yeah. didn't wear for nothing yeah. either. So that, that was an expensive deal, but we'll, we'll likely do that again. So I have two more two more questions. I talked to Dean a little bit today, and I noticed you know we don't have a seal crack filler you know for our asphalt streets. You know, once they start cracking, water gets in and freezes in the wintertime, makes it worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Some preventive maintenance on that. Is that something we can look at doing with our street budget, Scott? Follow them. Say, I think Dean knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, you know, if, if, if Dean says we don't have that machine, well, if we don't have it, can we look at hiring a company to come in and do so many streets or do so many linear feet? You know, the county and the state do it all the time. Sure. That because uh, there are some other communities around here that do have one. I think Wall Lake has one. Maybe we can. Maybe we can work something with Wall Acre Sack and get that done. And then, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you might have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. Um, so, do we, we had a deal go on the other day, and I don't know if our city employees understand it, and I talked to Dean a little bit about it. But you know, like when we leave our skid loader run, when the employees aren't there and they leave it run for an hour, they're leaving it run for whatever reason. But as anybody knows, like why do you know when you go trade a tractor off? They don't trade it off by how much fuel's in the tank, they trade it off by how many hours are on. Right. And you know, that's 110 bucks, 120 bucks an hour to trade. We need to convert, convey that to our city employees somehow and get that in our policy. You know, it's like wasting money that don't need to be wasted because it's not putting 
any use on the machines, but we're putting hours on them. And when they go to when we go to update them things, whatever it's going to be, it's going to cost us. And I don't know if we need to come up with a new policy for that. We spoke to Dean, and he's addressed that, I think, so far. Well, right. Okay, so Dean's addressed it, and they continue to do it. And then there's a problem. Correct. But if we don't have that in our policy, we can't write them up for it. And you were in them union negotiations before, you know, unless you can target that stuff, we're stuck with that. That employee can keep doing whatever he wants. We need to get them policy. This is my opinion. We need to get them policies in place so we can put some teeth in our, the same way with driving to a certain spot, let's say driving to Speaker Park from the city shed, the most direct route, instead of all the way around the lake. And we know what's happening. We've got to get it addressed. We've got 1,200 people in this community that pay taxes on them people driving around the lake. And I don't know where the buck stops, but it shouldn't be like my phone or Dave's phone or Whitey's phone or Tammy's phone or Mike's phone or John's phone. I know this issue for the last 16 years. It has been. We, you know, mm -hmm. we try so, every time. So, so just because it's been doesn't mean we can't change it. Oh, yeah. I, Hopefully we can. Well, we have to start somewhere. If we don't change, change the... Well, if we can put it in wording, then... Well, I think, I think Scott and Dean need to sit down and, and put a plan together on how we can, you know, because I've, I've come into the office here, there's pickups running out there, and it's, you know... And, 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 and I understand we're going with this, but until we can be able to have something that's in writing so we can document it, and that's... And again, Dean, Dean, you're going to have to put your supervisor hat on and kind of say that you can blame it on the council as far as I'm concerned because, right. I mean, we see that, especially with fuel now. I don't know what, you know, what's all diesel or whatever, but my God, you know. Uh, Scott came down to the, to the office one, uh, here the other day when it happened and or the next day and we had a talk with everybody that was there and Everybody's we wondering. said shut the trucks off it's warm enough out gas prices fuel prices are going up everybody knows it because everybody was there well right. but a policy is a policy is but once you what you do once you determine what the policy is you write it up and you make them sign it we so can they force it. it right so they understand that well i was never told this well there's that sheet of paper with your signatures on there, and you understand when we had the discussion. So that's how you. We've done that with with several other different mm -hmm. issues. Did well, something just yeah. very similar to that? You write up the memo and, and have a uh, employee meeting. Do we do that with our break times? <coughs> that's that's already we, we already have rule on that. I mean, it's just a matter of enforcing that stuff. So who's who's in charge of enforcing that stuff? We look to our department head to. Uh, yeah, to, to make sure that that's... So if, if you have an instance like that and you and somebody's going over on their break times or whatever and you talk to them, do you document that you've talked to them about it? I'm going to now. Yeah, I, all of that needs to be documented. Yeah. In today's world, unfortunately, yeah. that's what we got to mm -hmm. do. Because otherwise they're just going to say, yep. Don't want about document, I didn't do that. Or I didn't. Especially if you're dealing with the union, you've got to have your documentation. Yeah. That's where a lot of this is coming from. When well, that night of that meeting opened up my eyes a lot on what you can and can't do. And yep. it's like, mm -hmm. 
they have all the rules, well, we've got to have it all documented. And I talked to a couple former employees about it, and they said, unless you document it, you can't do nothing with it. So we've got to have a policy in place you got to, to document it. and enforce. So I would just like to see that. Is that policy the same as a memo? Um, I would look at it very similar. And we do some stuff through memos because policies, uh, the union has a chance to review policy. So we do some stuff through memos. I would just like to see us proceed with that before it just gets way out of hand. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, apparently, we can smoke a cigarette and use a chainsaw at the same time in our policy today. I got one other question. Have you proceeded anywhere with the drainage down by the highway going to the Indian Creek and talked to the state or anything? Yeah. Didn't get very far on on any of that stuff as far as, as the state goes. We talked with with the state, they have uh, said that they have opened that tile that's there. The tile was free flowing, and uh, and that as far as their participation in in, uh, in draining that area, they thought that that they have their tile there that uh, drains what they need to, and they would look to this to uh, to be a city slash private issue with the the folks who are filling in that area, and and then just folks who would be adding additional water. So. Are we one of them folks that's ad adding additional water when we reroute the campground sure. stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Anything else? Motion to adjourn. Salute. Second. 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 Second.